Welcome to your weekend, Waddle and Sylvie listeners. It is Friday. It is 5 o'clock, and we are on the precipice of Conference Championship Sunday. Your favorite weekend. Favorite Sunday. I don't know if it's weekend, but my favorite Sunday of the NFL season. Can I say that? You can. I am Jeff Meller, in for Sylvie today here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. And as always, don't forget, you can check us out on YouTube on the ESPN Chicago page, broadcasting live. You can see us right there. Every day oh. on YouTube, oh, okay. on the uh, ESPN Chicago page. Gotcha. Um, all right, so if you've missed any of Waddle and Sylvie this week, shame on you. But don't worry, we're going to get you all caught up. We had a good the, week you... of, uh, of good convo with good, good guests. Yes, I would say it has been top-notch. Uh, I, probably the, in terms of guests, I think this, was, this past week was the best week of the year on the Waddle and Sylvie show. Surely in the year. It is. Very early. But nevertheless, it was the best week of the year. Yeah, good point. And yep. it was fantastic. We had Mel Kuyper on. We had Daniel Jeremiah on, the two best NFL draft analysts. Because, of course, the Bears have the number one overall pick. And I think we're all very interested in what the Bears end up doing. So we gave you the best in the business to talk about it. We also had a couple of the best broadcasters in the business when it comes to NFL broadcasting. We had our two good friends. We had great conversations with Greg Olson and Mike Tirico. And we want to share with you some of uh, the best stuff from them in case you did miss it. So let's start with the draft stuff because Mel Kuyper has been doing this longer than anybody he created. Nobody gives you more information in a shorter period of time. As I, I like to say, I think we had him for like 18 minutes, he gave us 40 minutes of info. Yeah. And because uh, of his, his pacing. Here, so there's two... Here, you, you, you mentioned 40, whatever, 18 minutes and 44 minutes yep. of content. Let me give you two pieces of audio from Mel Kuyper Jr. So, first and foremost, we played this earlier, but it's worth revisiting because Patrick Mahomes is playing on Sunday. And he gave us this little tidbit that I, th- I think a lot of people are not familiar with. But Mel just... He gave us this little story that a lot of people are not aware of. And... The question is, okay, you guys are the draft experts, but you miss on people. What did people miss on Patrick Mahomes? Because a lot of people don't project. They want to see it. Okay. You, know, you, you, you have to see it. You have to see it. What we're seeing now, nobody had Josh Allen. Everybody said, oh, it's did you, you, know, you have to look at it. I call it Craig Bowles. He's the toughest, most competitive player I've ever coached in my life. I talked to Craig a lot out there. So, again, you, you, it takes one thing to tip. People say, well, you've got to do this. You do it. There's no perfect way to evaluate a quarterback. Sometimes it's gone. Sometimes one thing you hear, in Josh Allen's case, Craig Bowl convinced me. In Justin Herbert's case, I called Oregon. I had heard all things. He's not the alpha. He's more happy in the classroom than he is on the football field. He's not a great leader. He's not a take-charge guy. He doesn't command a room. I called a good contact I had with the football program at Oregon. He said, Mel, you don't have to yell and scream to be a guy that people respect, players respect. They love this guy. They'll go through a wall for Justin Herbert. So sometimes just little calls like that. I called people on Jimmy Clausen. Didn't work out. I got grave things back on Jimmy. I went with Jimmy. It didn't work out with Jimmy. So, uh, yeah, but it worked out for me with Justin uh, Herbert. It worked out with Josh Allen. So, you know, nothing's perfect. You can't lose your confidence because you make a mistake. But I'll tell you this, guys, it can destroy a program because, you know, if you miss on a quarterback, I'll go back and I'll tell you a quick story. Kansas City tried to trade up to get Paxton Lynch. Mm. They failed. Denver got them. Because of not being able to trade up, they traded down and took Chris Jones. Next year they took Patrick Mahomes. My point being, had they been successful in doing the deal they wanted to do and got Paxton Lynch, they wouldn't have had Chris Jones. They wouldn't have had Patrick Mahomes. And Andy Reid wouldn't be a Hall of Fame coach. Think about that, guys. So one trade that didn't happen saved the Kansas City Chiefs franchise. Crazy. We always talk about the Bears passing on 
Patrick Mahomes choosing Mitch Trubisky over both Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. The following year, we do know yes. that the there were two teams, two guys, two people that did get that right. One was the, the Chiefs, obviously, because they moved up and drafted him. I believe they moved up right in front of Sean Payton and the Saints. They did indeed. they were going to do the same. And you'll remember, Sean Payton shared that story with Carmen and Yurko, yeah. who, if you missed it, also big announcement yesterday. Carmen Yurko will be extending for a third hour. So you'll now get Carmen Yurko from 12 to 3 every day. But Waddle and Sylvie fans... Don't fear. You're still no. going to get your full four hours of Waddle, Waddle and Sylvie because you guys are going to start crosstalk with Carmen Yerk at 2.30, and then Car- uh, Waddle and Sylvie will extend to 6.30. So four full hours of Waddle and Sylvie, and now you're going to get an extra hour of Carmen and Yerko every day. Best thing our station's done in a long time is give Carmen the good kid an extra hour. Yeah, so don't worry. Uh, that all starts on Monday. Great news there. So you mentioned um, the Sean Payton. You know, he, he told Carmen Yerk that story a couple years ago about how they were had identified Patrick Mahomes. They were hoping to land him. I believe they were. I believe they ended up taking Marshawn Lattimore, if memory serves. I think so that was a year where they had a a, a, a very monster, good draft. Yeah, they, they took Kamara in that draft. Yeah. Um, but the truth is that Sean had identified Patrick Mahomes as somebody they wanted to take, but Andy Reid and the Chiefs moved up and selected Patrick Mahomes, and boy, how their um, their destiny would be different if the previous year they had actually been successful yep. and traded up to get Paxton Lynch. No, their division rival, yep. the Denver Broncos, ended up securing the services, albeit regrettedly, of uh, Pat Paxton Lynch. All right, so you guys also asked Mel specifically about the big debate facing the Bears and what should they do with their number one overall pick? Should they keep Justin Fields or should they actually draft a quarterback, whether it be Caleb Williams, maybe Drake May, maybe Jaden Daniels. I'd say Ryan Poles doesn't need any help. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ryan. He does a great job, and it's a difficult decision. I go back and forth on this almost by the hour. And if it is the case, I, I came to the conclusion about a week or so ago, when you're going back and forth by the minute, hour, day, you just have to you know, reset the clock and make the move and trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams. If you feel strongly that Justin has turned the corner and the players love him and we know he can keep getting a little better and he could be great, then you, you trade the first pick and you move forward with Justin Fields. So it's a tough call. Uh, it's because Caleb was so good in 2022. And even at the start of this past season, until he kind of hit a little bit, I wouldn't say a slump, but struggled a bit after the, really, the Notre Dame game on through the rest of the year. He had a couple games after that where he was around 55 57%. But he's so good. Even when people say he was struggling, he still wasn't throwing interceptions. He completed the higher percentage of his passes this year than he did last year. So there you go. I mean, that's sound logic. Look, if all things are equal or, you know, if you're not convinced on Justin Fields, it just makes sense for the Bears to select the quarterback and reset their clock. You know, I know everybody always talks about building a monster team around Justin Fields. I think when you say that, though, you really aren't examining how difficult it is to, quote-unquote, build that monster and keep it going when you have to pay the quarterback. Eventually, That's the problem. Like, when you point to teams like the Eagles with Hurts or the 49ers with Purdy, the truth is they've built up those teams while both Hurts and Purdy were on rookie contracts. Now, I know Jalen Hurts has signed a massive extension, but guess what? The Eagles built that team up around him prior to giving him that big money deal. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a financial component. To me, it's it's uh, I've, I've said this a bunch, and I yeah. repeat it. For me, it's not so much about setting the clock. I, I if if that is the overwhelming, you know, 
factor in making the decision, then I don't think the decision is being made correctly. Correctly, yeah. I think you make that decision because you are 100% sold that that player you're drafting can take you somewhere that your existing quarterback can't yes. take you. Yes. And then the resetting of the quarterback it, clock is just a benefit of that choice. And I think that's a good point. It's just, look, everybody, I think sometimes if you're a Justin Fields fan, maybe you're getting lost in the idea, the the term of generational being thrown around far too casually for your liking. The truth is, if Ryan Well, then throw it away. I was going to say, if Ryan Paul simply believes that any of these quarterbacks can and will be better than then, Justin then you Fields. draft them. Yes, because that's that how I feel. will be an upgrade yes. and probably better than moving forward with a quarterback. Because who, you're going to upgrade your team yes. even if you don't trade that first overall pick for the quote-unquote haul. Yes. If you believe in the general manager who's done a nice job with the draft picks he's had at his disposal for the most part, he's done a nice job building in certain ways in, the, in free agency, then that team is going to get better as he continues to build it through the draft and free agency. So if if there's a guy out there that you believe is a better football player, you draft him. And then the benefit of that, the added benefit is, is you then reset the quarterback yes. salary clock. But I'm not making that decision to move away from Justin just to set the clock, which I think is kind of flies in the face of what our good friend Greg Greg Olson said. Because I think Greg said that, listen, if it's the tie goes to the resetting of the clock. Correct. Um, you mentioned it, Greg Olson, who joined you guys on Monday. Now, remember, this was... So, this I do want to mention because he came on Monday, right? I think this was prior to the Bears officially naming Shane Waldron the offensive coordinator. So, keep that in mind when we play this. But, yeah, you, you talked about Greg Olson and the idea of resetting the quarterback clock. It's such an interesting position for, for Poles and Eberflus and the whole you know front office because let, let's, you back up a second, right? When they made that trade last year with Carolina, I don't think anybody from either side anticipated Carolina winning two games hmm. and having the number one overall pick. So I don't even think it was in the, the realm of possibilities that they ever imagined they'd be number one again after trading out of the one last year, right? So if Carolina wins you know, three, four more games, and they're picking seventh or eighth, there is no conversation, right? Justin Fields is the quarterback because, you know, unless you take the guy at one or two, you're probably not going to pick one at seven in this year's draft that you're going to say, okay, he automatically becomes our franchise guy. It seems like it's going to be top-heavy. And then, you know, the next crop of guys you'll take at the end of the first round, beginning of the second, and those guys, if you strike on, great. But you're not, like, setting your hopes up. Okay, if I take Drake May, if I take Caleb Williams, they're my guy in day one. So now here they are sitting in this situation saying, okay, are we able to pass up? And I don't think this is a reflection on Justin at all. I, I've really enjoyed watching him. I think he's gotten a lot better. Obviously, he's a heck of an athlete and dynamic. The question becomes, are you willing and able to pass on a number one overall pick, presumably a quarterback, two years in a row, and really what it comes down to is if you just assume that Caleb Williams or Drake May, whoever it is, is not an upgrade over you know, over, over what you have now in Justin, let's just say they're even. The tie goes to starting the quarterback's clock over. And I think there's a big difference between that and just completely disrespecting Justin and saying, okay, he's not the quarterback. If they were picking eighth overall – this conversation wouldn't exist. This is a very unique situation just because of how bad Carolina was that opened up a possibility and a pathway that I don't think anybody could have ever predicted. And when you can start a quarterback's clock over 
and you can now sign him to a four-year deal for, I don't know what it is now, $25 million total or $30 million total, whatever the number is before you get to the fifth-year option, it's just very hard to pass on that number because you can spread a quarterback, a, a second-tier quarterback is going to make $35, $40 million. You can, spend a lot, you can get your roster a lot better in a lot of other ways with that money. I think that's the dilemma they're facing. I don't necessarily think it's – they view one of these guys as this like unbelievable upgrade over Justin. I think simply it comes down to we're a year a year away from having to pay Justin, and if he plays really well, we know the number that comes with it. And if he doesn't play well next year, we're back to square one. So there you go, Greg Olson. And I, it, listen, I, I get his point, and I'm I mean, Greg's great. Love him. I think he's got a great great perspective on a lot of this. I just would need to be a little more sold than just it's even. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? You want to be. You want to feel like wanna, if I'm taking those guys, they're going to be better. Correct, because otherwise I could trade that pick, and then I can buy you know the whole upgrade my team elsewhere. There's just if if can I'm not convinced to, I, that he's going to be better, then I I I don't have as much value for resetting the clock I, as Greg does. And and I think I think that's kind of maybe this is semantics, but if you're a a talent evaluator, I can't imagine. Ryan Poles watching Justin Fields play for the last couple of years and then going through the tape of Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, I don't think he's going to arrive at, okay, it's even. He will either like his guy in the building more than the quarterbacks he's watching on tape or he will watch the tape and he will see things that Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels are doing or Drake May and he'd say, you know what, I haven't seen enough of that from Justin Fields during my two years here, and so I need to go forward if I want to win a Super Bowl with one of these guys. I don't think it's going to be a simple even, right? Like, no, it's, I agree. It's, I don't think this will come down it, to a draw. It's unlikely. Yeah. Like, you, you just we don't watch things. You'll he'll either like one or the other better. And my guess is Greg would feel the same way about it. He was just making the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that the value to resetting the quarterback clock is very valuable to him, and it is to me as well. But I got to be convinced that I'm getting an upgrade or that there is potential for an upgrade to to pivot and go in that direction because Mm -hmm. there is the opportunity to trade that pick and have it bring you back a bounty. So that leads us nicely to another guest on Waddle and Sylvie earlier this week, Daniel Jeremiah. We gave you Mel Kuyper Jr., who, of course, is ESPN's draft expert. Daniel Jeremiah plays the role of draft analyst for NFL Network. He's their lead draft breakdown guy and sylvie was playing the role of devil's advocate asking the question okay so what if you're in ryan poles's position would you consider trading the top pick for this huge return this was daniel jeremiah's response i wouldn't go in that direction i can't imagine what the offer would be i would just say i would turn around and ask people this um do you think that you have the fourth best quarterback in your division and do you want to go into next year potentially still having the fourth best quarterback in your division? Or do you want to take, and, and there is a chance, there's obviously a risk involved in anybody you take, but do you want to take somebody who, I don't know if he'll be the best quarterback in the division, but if they drafted Caleb Williams, they would have the most talented quarterback in that division. I think what's funny is he was asking the rhetorical question, but I think a lot of people who may have been listening to Daniel Jeremiah say this immediately thought to themselves, what are you talking about fourth best quarterback in the division? Justin Fields isn't the fourth best quarterback in the division, but I do believe Daniel Jeremiah, with a lot of the people he talks to around the league, believes that Justin Fields is the fourth best quarterback look, look, in okay, this division. Let's, let's just be honest here, okay? Let's put emotion aside. Mm-hmm. 
how could you come to a different conclusion at this point? You may think it's close in certain ways. You may still think that other guys have a better support staff, no question. Mm-hmm. But based on performance, yes. I don't know how you could come to a different conclusion. I fought with you and Sylvie for a long time about Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. Yes. Not that they're great, but they're good quarterbacks. Yeah. You can't sit here and tell me that Justin is a better quarterback than Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. You can. I'm not going to believe. I just choose yeah. to believe differently. I'm not saying that at some point in his career, he may not. He may become better. But you can't tell me based on the body of work with what you're watching that yep. his performance has been better than any. Jared Goff has been to one Super Bowl, yep. is in an NFC title game now. Has with, with a team that, by the way, has been historically amongst the worst in the league. Yeah. I, I mean, Kirk Cousins threw 18 touchdown passes in eight games. Now, again, these are stats. I get it. Yeah. Eight. Eight games, 18 touchdown passes, was on pace for another 4,500-yard passing season. Behind the offensive line, everyone talks about that, that, you know, has consistently allowed defenders to get in his lap. And listen, Jordan Love, it's a one-year sample size. If you're a Green Bay Packer fan, you got to be thrilled. Because what you saw in the final seven games has to make your nipples ache. They're so... Hard. All the pa- Packers fans out there with the aching nipples, we do. Uh, I'm we, just we saying, do not like, feel for you. I, hope, you I hope your nipples are chafing right now, Packers fans. If, if you, so what am I? What so I wouldn't kill for chafing nipples are, are here you, in the city of Chicago. Would you call me a hater, or would you say that is just a, a common sense, clear-minded, without emotion evaluation of what we've yes. seen? And don't bring me what if, if this or if that. Yes. I will change my perspective when it happens. Yes. And I'll be happy to change my perspective when it happens. Bingo. But as we've seen, mm-hmm. over a long period of time, the three other quarterback no, well, only one for the guy up north, but it was so good this year that if you want to put Jordan Love third, okay, you could put him third. Because Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff have had longer, better careers. But I just can't put our guy ahead of any of them based on what I've seen from the performance. Yeah. No, I... I, I I agree. And everyone, that, that kind of got some people pissed on. Of course. Like anything does on Twitter. But and again, people got all excited listen, about it. You can hear what you want to hear, but it's, it, it was pretty simple. Like, you find you disagree, but like based on the stats that we've seen and what we've actually watched on the field play out over the course of a season, the Bears right now have the fourth best quarterback in the division. You can hope and pray. It maybe and, changes. And project all you want, but on the field right now, the Bears I don't know how you could say yeah. anything differently. Um, another point that's of contention that was pretty hot this week was the Bears' lack of interest in Jim Harbaugh. And, of course, a guy who's pretty familiar with Jim Harbaugh, who resides in Michigan, is another man who spends his the majority of his time living in Michigan. That, of course, is the, vice, the voice of Sunday Night Football, Mike Tirico. He's a good friend of the Waddle and Sylvie show. He has been for well over a decade now. And Mike joined you guys yesterday, and you guys asked him, hey, are the Bears going to regret not pursuing Jim Harbaugh? They might, but I think twofold. One, I think they decided they were staying with Iberflus, and they knew the people who would be out there in the market. And I don't think Jim Harbaugh was getting hired by this leadership with the Bears. I just don't. Period. Uh, I could be right. I could be wrong. Nobody's told me that. I just didn't have a feeling that this leadership would hire Jim Harbaugh um, as the Bears head coach. So um, 
Yeah, you, you might, but you know, I think the decision was on multiple fronts that they're not going to go down that road, and they liked what they saw with Matt at the end and bringing an offensive coach here. And that was uh, that was a very similar point of view that I held. I told you guys, I don't know if it was was a Wednesday when Jim was officially uh, word got out that the Chargers were hiring him, and I said. That was kind of why I wasn't overly upset about it because you didn't expect it. Yeah, and I, I never got my mind wrapped around the idea that Ryan Poles would want to bring in Jim Harbaugh. And you, you and I had a, an extended conversation about this off the air earlier today. I, I just think what, with where Ryan Poles is at entering, you know, what's going to be his third draft as the general manager and having the number one overall pick because of a huge move that he authored, I had a hard time thinking. He would want to bring in someone like Jim Harbaugh because, and and I'm not saying like Ryan Poles is somebody who wants to be, you know, the the. He's not a power hungry no, young he's not general power manager. Hungry. He no. doesn't want to be the ultimate authority at Hallis right. Hall. I do think he he wants to work collaboratively with his head coach, but I think if he would have pursued Jim Harbaugh, he would have done so probably with the expectation that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to seed more authority than I maybe want to to bring in Jim Harbaugh because we have the number one overall pick. If I bring Jim Harbaugh in as the head coach, he's probably going to want to have a large say in what we do. And, and by I the think, way, I've spent the last two years molding yes, this team in my image. Which I think is has an upward trajectory. Yeah. So I think if you're Ryan Poles, that's why I, I, I never got overly upset about it and maybe that's not you know maybe i should look at it a little bit differently because if you want to win football games isn't that the ultimate goal yeah. as a journal manager maybe you should be pursuing the person who could probably find be a way the to best make it guy work. on the sidelines for you easier said than done mm-hmm. finding a way to make it all work is easier said than done yeah so that was uh, some of the best sound from the waddle and sylvie show the guests that have joined you guys throughout the week again i'm jeff meller in for sylvie today on waddle and sylvie and by the way, I just read that uh, Jim Harbaugh's initial uh, press conference with the Chargers as their new head coach will be held next Thursday. So if you're looking for Jim Harbaugh conversation mm-hmm. or uh, press conference stuff, it'll, uh, it'll be available on Thursday. It'll be coming your way uh, a little I can't less wait to than watch it. I can't wait to see it. Um, and, and it'll probably be, I'd imagine, it'll probably be on during, Thursday during the show. Yeah. Because it, obviously we West Coast. You're home for Chargers off-season football <laughs> information. Maybe maybe we can reach out, Tyler, and we can try and set up uh, the Jim Harbaugh show on ESPN 1000 after every Chargers training camp. Do you know, yeah. I was reminded, I don't. I, I had co- totally forgotten, and, and Randy Merkin, who used to produce this show for a very long time, put out, put, puts out his stories. I had forgotten. His latest story was about the interview we did with Jim John, John Harbaugh. Yeah. I completely forgot about that entire situation oh, yeah. where we tried to get hold of John and John, you know, and I believe at the time Jim was coaching or had just been announced as the coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And it was actually John Harbaugh who helped facilitate getting Jim on the line. Do you remember that? I that, remember the interview. I don't remember. I don't remember really much of any of it. Story uh, that Merck took care of. Uh, great job, always by Merck. Uh, always uh, one of the best at getting the best in the business at getting the big names guests on with Waddle and Sylvie. In fact, I would say uh, a lot of the good relationships yeah. that the Waddle and Sylvie show have. We owe a great deal to Randy Merkin yes. for helping facilitate a lot of those They were grown years ago, and mm-hmm. they have sprouted, and they've all been good relationships. Yeah. Um, so then they've led to great conversations with those guests here on ESPN Chicago. All right, so well, we have a great uh, producer now in, in, in Tyler Aki who uh, 
may have some questions for us. We today. do. I, before we get there, Tyler, because uh, Aki's A-list coming your way, can we do that in about five minutes? Because I do want to talk about something that Andrew Marchand wrote oh, about yeah, right. very extensively yesterday, and that is the current dynamic between Tony Romo and Jim Nance. Because when Greg Olson was on, check out the if you missed it, check out the podcast uh, on the ESPN Chicago app. But we joked with with, with Greg. We played this. We played Tony Romo's little catchphrase that he unveiled for the folks during the Bills and Chiefs game last Sunday when Josh Allen threw that laser beam into the corner of the end zone to uh, Khalil Shakur, and Tony Romo gave us this description of that pass. But this is a dime, not a donkey. But this is a dime, not a donkey. I have to admit, five days later, I'm still not quite sure what I, it means. Maybe it was. Did anybody ask him about it? Like any of the trade publications? I mean, is, has he admitted that it may no, have... I haven't seen anybody okay. uh, discuss with Tony Romo what... Well, didn't we come to the conclusion just... It, was he trying... Did, did a friend of his maybe say, hey, work in the, the uh, donkey into your... That's, I think, the best... Right? That's I don't know. I have no explanation idea. We have. I, I don't have a good explanation. I, I, I have to believe somebody asked him about it. Um, so, and honestly, that may have been one of Tony's better moments of the broadcast. I actually thought, am I the only one that thought that he was better in this game than he has been? Am I the sole, sole survivor mm. on that? May, I mean, maybe, but again, that, that could the be bar a, is, a low The bar has been low. Yeah, lowered, yeah. yeah it's so, been lowered. Andrew Marchand wrote yesterday uh, uh, for the New York Post... And specifically, he said, when CBS signed Tony Romo to a 10-year contract yes. for a total value of $180 million late in February of 2020, it changed the NFL broadcasting industry forever, clearly setting a huge new payday for all your lead analysts. Okay, CBS was being challenged for Romo services, services before signing Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. ESPN had sought Romo to be the new face of Monday Night Football. We kind of... We remember that period of time when they were trying to secure his services after that one-year deal, right? Yes. Well, sure enough, uh, a couple years later, people are wondering, what did CBS get for all that money that they spent, right? Uh, less than halfway through Romo's decade-long deal, CBS sports executives have an issue because, and this is uh, Marshawn writing now, Romo and his partner Jim Nance are manning broadcasts that lack, quote, chemistry, storytelling, much strategy, and levity. It's routinely discombobulated. I think that's a good way to describe the broadcast. It's this, discombobulated. This has left the duo endlessly searching for lifelines. Gene? Tracy? Jay? Anyone? Of course, that's Gene Steratore, Tracy Wolfson, Jay Feely. Jim Nance constantly looking for someone to help him out because he's not happy with the insight that he's getting from his color analyst. Well, they'll be on full display they, for the next uh, couple of weekends. Yes. You, you get them in the afternoon affair between the Chiefs and Ravens. And then, of course, CBS has Super Bowl 58. So what's going to go on here, Waddle? I, I do wonder, are we getting to a point? Because we talked about with Greg Olson. What can they do? His precarious situation. Greg Olson has Tom Brady... I know, looking but, over his shoulder. But Tony Romo is midway through a, what is it, a 10-year, $18 million a year deal. They're three years through a 10-year deal. I, I think the only way that he goes away is, is if, in fact, he decides to go away. Wow. Um, and I don't think, are you going to give away an $18 million a year job? I, no, I don't I, think you would. You know what? Especially if you don't have to do a whole lot of work to prep for it. Right. Um, one of the points that Andrew Marchand made, which I thought was astute, 
was during the Steelers-Bills game, that one that was moved because of the blizzard in Buffalo. Yes. It was interesting that um, Tony Romo seemed to be discovering Jalen Warren during that game. For the first time. Yes. And, again, you would hope that your primary color analyst would have a pretty good handle on the 53-man roster of the two teams that he's calling. But at the very least, Waddle... He needs to know the skill position players when they're entering the game. Uh, yes, very, I would think so. Very, very least. Yes. Because I'm sorry, you've got so many people who are watching these broadcasts who play fantasy football, who ha- make daily wagers, are playing fa- daily fantasy, have, you know, uh, they're playing with DraftKings, they've got a wager on the game. Your viewers know these players. Yes. It shouldn't be the first time that you're discovering who they I are. I think that was m- one of Marshawn's points yes. in his article as yeah. well. So this is problematic, and I will say... That when Andrew Marchand puts this out there, he's not doing so without having a little bit of a, sure. a nudge from somebody inside yeah. the CBS um, higher-ups. I think, I think the folks uh, oh, at CBS are, are, are trying to light a fire under Tony Romo. I don't think it's just a bunch of disgruntled football fans. I think that this is quite evident inside the industry that it's just not going yeah. as well as they had hoped. And before we get to Aki's A-list, one final point. Marshawn pointed out that... Part of the reason Tony Romo was able to nab the bag was because in the first year, he was calling out all the plays before they even happened, and everybody seemed to be enamored with his ability to know what was going to happen, right? And that, of course, made everybody happy on social media. But the problem is that once you get further removed from the game and you're not doing all that film work and you have to go back to the, you know, the drawing board and keep working hard on it, well, guess what? If you're not going to put in the effort, it may show there's no homework. The biggest yeah, you can tell there's no homework being done. All right, let's uh, get to Aki's Crazy. A-List uh, today. Aki's A-List brought to you by the Pride Stores. We'll do that. How about that? Uh, Tyler, does that work for you? The Pride Stores. Anytime. We're going to make them our uh, presenting sponsor of Aki's A-List today. And maybe, just maybe, if uh, you like what you hear, we can uh, give away a gift card to the Pride Stores coming up after we wrap up Aki's A-List. How about that? Let's do caller 10 caller right 10. now. 312-332-3776. Light it up. Light it up. It's right. time for Aki's A-List. From the mind of the man who understands the four P's of Waddle's world, Aki's A-List. The top questions and topics floating around in Tyler Aki's mind. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Aki's A-List on ESPN Chicago. All right, before we go around the NFL and get to the championship weekend. I do want to talk briefly about the Bears and the rest of their roster. Kind of what needs help on the rest of the roster. We've been so fixated on the quarterback but it's not like the rest of the roster is flawless. It's in a much better state than it was last season and certainly when you headed into the offseason last year but there's still plenty of holes that Ryan Poles has to address. What for you guys are the three biggest areas that Ryan Poles needs to attack this offseason in the draft and in free agency. Center. Center. Center's a good one. Center is first. And listen, they're not going to you don't draft centers in the first round. No, you're not. Especially not with top 10 picks. No. But, and the Bears don't currently have a second round pick, so um, they may need to get creative, but either this needs to be a huge priority, either in free agency or a day two pick waddle. Maybe the Bears need to make a trade. They need to secure the services of a legitimate center 
coming up because he can't I, go I, through what you I did. I agree with you. I also, I think that they need to upgrade at left tackle. Uh, Braxton Jones has been fine, but I think you can probably find someone better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but center, I think, is a bigger issue. You can live with Braxton Jones l- longer than you can with what they have going on at center. I would say three technique. I would say pass rusher. I would say wide receiver. Yep, that's where I was going next. So, um, so I have to narrow it down to three. Give me three. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Meller also with with the center. I think that that's really you got to be strong up the middle. I'll go center. I'll go. Uh, you, you like wide receiver, left tackle. You said three technique. Um, you got to get another I, edge rusher. I'm going to go wide receiver. I normally wouldn't, but all things consider. Yes. And I'll go I'll go edge rusher. I think they can do some stuff with their defensive line on the interior. Yeah. That if you had to, you could get by for now. So I go pass rusher, wide receiver, and center. Um, and I'm with you. I would make center the top priority. Again, you cannot I don't think you have a solution on the roster. So that absolutely needs to get better. I agree. The wide receiver, listen. There Whether it's Justin or it's Caleb, whoever it is, I'm wondering too. Like, depending on what they decide to do at quarterback, mm-hmm. if you can do it in a cost-effective way, would you be interested in bringing Darnell Mooney back? Would Darnell Mooney be interested in coming back? Uh, it's a good question. Maybe with a different quarterback. I'm just telling you that, like, when I watched film all yeah. year this year, I just couldn't believe that these two guys couldn't get on the same page. Darnell wasn't good this year, or as good as you I was expecting him to be, but I just. I could not believe how many different moments where they just were not on the same page. Yeah, the one, like, the one thing no, that stood out. No continuity. I remember every, at every moment when DJ Moore, listen, and this will happen with any good player, but every time DJ Moore would stay down for an extended period or leave the game because of an injury issue, yeah. I was always panicked because I felt like all of a sudden there was no longer. And it's great that you have that player, but you don't have anybody no. the way Mooney played this past season to help you in the event of catastrophe there. Well, so, because I didn't think Tyler Scott made the progress everyone and, was hoping well, no. he would make in the second half of his rookie and, year. And he's on notice. He's somebody who I need to see it before I believe it at this point. So center, wide receiver, and I think I would make another pass rusher, edge rusher, uh, my third priority, because I do think you can get by with Braxton Jones if you want to. And the three techniques, you mentioned it, Jervon Dexter, um, I think there's a little bit of upside, so I'm curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people discuss like left, and you guys brought it up, left tackle versus receiver, and I just think your current state of your wide receiver two versus your left tackle, Braxton Jones is significantly better at what he does than Tyler Scott is right now. Yes, I, I agree with that. That's why I, I went with with wide receiver versus left tackle. All right, looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, we know he's fantastic. He's on a trajectory that could make him the greatest quarterback of all time. But I ask you, is this his best run that he's ever had in his career, or does he still have to win one or two more games? Hmm. What do you mean, is this his best, is is this his best his season most, he's is had? Is this his most impressive season that he's had? had given some of these supporting cast deficiencies. Mm, I mean, I think I'd probably still go back to his first, the, was, his second year, his first season. He threw 50 touchdown know, passes that Over 5,000 yards. I, I have to go with that. I, that's exa- and that's, it's funny because that's and exactly... And he may have had a stacked huddle, fine. He threw for 50 touchdown passes in his first full season as a starting quarterback in the league. One MVP that year. They won the Super Bowl. That yeah. was Andy Reid's first Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, what about last year? Comeback in the Super Bowl. 
dinged up right before halftime with the ankle Ooh, injury. I, you know what? I had forgotten about that. That's uh, oh, he's got several. Even, and he's got a very several. similar supporting cast from last year. In mm-hmm. fact, I would even say options wise. He may have upgraded slightly. I guess you could say like Kelsey I, has dropped off, but you add Rasheed Rice to that team, and he's, mm. Rasheed Rice is better he, than a lot of the pass catchers they had last year. Eh, but Juju Smith-Schuster was an established player, and he was sure, healthy. I forgot he was about he- him, yeah. He was healthy last year. I'll say this. If, to even be in the conversation, he needs to finish it off and win a Super Bowl. But if he does that with this group, then all of a sudden we can start. I'll start saying, you know what, maybe this was... The best uh, so far of what we've you seen. You know, they asked him to do more last year than they did in his second season. His second season, yeah. he threw it a lot, 580 times. But last year, he threw it 648 times. He threw for 5,250 yards and 41 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But I still go back to his first full season as a starter where he yeah. threw for 5,000, almost 5,100 yards and 50 touchdowns. That's pretty good. He had a QBR of 80.3 and a rating of a 113.8. Damn. Not too shabby. It's good stuff right there. Um, all right, getting to two of the other teams that are playing this weekend. You know, you look at what Detroit has done this year, and it's been a fantastic season, a fantastic story so far. But this is a Lions team that could potentially lose both of their coordinators for next season. Definitely one of them. It seems like Ben Johnson is a lock to be the Washington head coach. But we saw this year or last year, that happened with the Eagles, and we saw the Eagles have a lackluster 2023. Meanwhile, on the other side, Baltimore, you've got Lamar Jackson. He's trying to get over the playoff hump. He has not had a lot of playoff success until what we saw last weekend. He goes up against a Kansas City team who we just mentioned, pretty depleted. Like This is the most vulnerable we've seen Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs since Mahomes took over under center. A loss dooms the future of who more? from getting back to the Super Bowl and potentially winning it all? Oh, for me, it's the Lions. Uh, yeah, there'll be the Lions. Uh, for the reason you mentioned, I think there's going to be massive defections in their coaching staff. Certainly, Ben Johnson. I think Ben Johnson is destined to be the commander's yeah. new head coach. Everyone seems to. Yeah, there's plenty of reports out of the, that have Ben Johnson already basically linked up with the commanders. Um, I mean, I think they're in good hands. Don't get me wrong with Dan you know, Dan Campbell, and they've got a talented roster, and their GM's done he, a really nice job. They've got a lot of talent. They're going to have to make a decision on the quarterback after. What's he got? One more year after this year. But I think it's definitely... I, I think that the Ravens are built to be better for longer. I'll say, I guess the best way. I'll say this. In assuming that the commanders do land Ben Johnson, the Seattle Seahawks right now are the only team that has the head coaching vacancy and there's a lot of good names out there we're all in all likelihood it looks like bill belichick will not be the head coach of a team next season it'll be the first time in his career that he will not uh in 49 years that he will not be an nfl coach coach, which is insane i'm Um, not surprised i that was my first at first blush when it all went down and he got fired i i felt like it wouldn't shock me if he didn't find a landing spot but you've also got mike vrabel who still doesn't have a job pete carroll obviously he will not be going back to the seattle seahawks and you've also got hot names like bobby slowick jr uh todd monken mike mcdonald um you mentioned aaron glenn i'm not as enamored with him because the lions defense doesn't really impress me that much but there's a lot of you know there could be a lot of really good names it could be another deep coaching pool if matt eberflus doesn't actually 
end up upping the ante for the Bears next season, which is, I think, you know, that that's actually the... Uh, you say there's going to be some guys on the sideline. I'm just saying there's some there's a silver lining here if um, Bears fans, you know, no, if the Eberflus thing... I'm just saying, just saying, just yeah. throwing it out there. Some interesting names. Oof, that's not the parachute I want. Okay. I don't what? want the parachute of. Uh, well, well, there'll be some decent. Ty, Ty it's Mike better than and, not. And Mike McDonald are the younger names. I know. Bobby I just Sloan. want it. I want it to work. Yes, I don't you know, want to start right. over right. again. Let's win. Let's yeah, win. Let's Bears. win. Yeah, it's fair. There you go. Um, getting to the NFC title game, you've got Detroit going up against San Francisco. We've talked about how both of those quarterbacks they've done their jobs extremely well this year, but I don't think anybody that watches football week in week out would say that either of those quarterbacks are truly elite or in that upper echelon of quarterbacks. Who does have the quarterback advantage between Brock Purdy and Jared Goff? Why well, that Goff has the experience and, and Goff has had the more established career because he's been at it longer. I mean, I think you have to say at the moment that Jared Goff is the better quarterback because of the lack of, of evidence. I, I say that, but I mean... In a short period of time, Purdy's done a lot of stuff. Hmm. And he actually plays the game like golf. Neither one of them is like gifted to tuck and run or be a dual threat in any manner. Uh, I, oh. Both have all, you so, know, middle of the this, pack yeah. arms. I think, I, well, yeah, but I think Goff, like he can, here's the problem for Jared Goff. I think what he excels at threatening um, between the hashes, that's actually what the 49ers do best defensively, partially because they're mostly primarily because of Fred Warner. And so it's going to be interesting to see if Jared Goff's strength going up against the 49ers' strength, who actually will end up coming out on top. I think if the 49ers do what they traditionally do in stopping uh, passers between the hash marks, Waddle, I think that actually is all the, reason, all the more reason why if you're on the 49ers' side. If they can do that, I think well, the Lions will struggle. I, I, I will agree with you. I think Brock Purdy against the the Lions back seven is a more desirable matchup yes. than Jared Goff against the 49ers in the manner in which you described. Yeah. But I think you what you asked which quarterback is who's got the quarterback quarterback advantage in Detroit this game or San Francisco. I, I will say for the reason Jeff mentioned because of the matchup, but I how, would say Purdy. And if you want to, but well, is who's the better say, player? Yeah. If we call it, you want to cop out. If Shanahan had his choice, I think he would take Jared Goff to I be believe. his quarterback. I agree. So there you go. Co- complete cop out there, Tyler. In his career in 25 games, Brock Purdy has completed 69% of his passes. Nice. He averages 9.2 yards per attempt. Solid. 44 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and a career quarterback rating of 111.4. Um, and he also, uh, Tyler, he also failed to go back in the uh, NFC Championship game last year, right? So, In his four playoff appearances, four touchdowns, no interceptions, completed 63% of his passes and has a quarterback rating of 101. And I believe, isn't he 4-0? Because, or he didn't lose. No, but he started that game. Okay, so, so they gave you the loss. loss. So yeah. I would say he's 3-0 in, 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 play, in the playoffs. I wouldn't even put no, that I'm game on. I'm giving him the loss. I know you are. Big, big L, according to Tyler, from last year's NFC He dropped game. the ball. That one's on him. All right. Anything else before we uh, bring in Black and Abdallah for Crosstalk? That's all for today. That That's is all. all, which means a little bit of bonus time on the Crosstalk with Black and Abdallah. We'll talk with them coming up next here on ESPN 1000. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow.
follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Crosstalk on the Waddle and Sylvie show. I'm Jeff Miller in for Sylvie with Black and Abdallah is as always Oof, brought to you by. Steinhoffel. Do some football talk oh, today. Oh, we got all football. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm there's football only, exhausted. There's only one more football Friday after this. This is Miller's favorite season. weekend of the football season. It is. It is. I do love the conference championship games. There's more at stake than there is in the divisional round. That's true. I understand that you I don't get, get the Saturday of football. But the Super Bowl, yeah. as fun as it is... There's just so much pomp and circumstance. It's there not is. your normal football game. Speaking of football, are you I'm all right? Are you all right? Dude, it's... Football. It, it was not a good way to wake up this morning. So if you're a Liverpool oh. fan, Oof. my condolences. Yeah. What happened? So, so basically their their manager, manager Jurgen Klopp, oh. just woke up today and was like, yeah, I'm out at the end well, of the year. Well, he said, I don't have the energy to... I've You know, he's been do, you know doing it for nine years, and he's really turned around... Liverpool Football Club to getting him back to the... Now, I heard Yurko describing this, or you guys talking about it earlier, that he also hasn't been given the the players that he was hoping for as well. well Is that correct? But, but it's weird because they're know. the best team. They're the best team in the league right now. They're top of the table. They're constantly in the top, top four. Top of the table! They're constantly in the top four. Mm. They're in Champions League. Yeah, like, it's a weird time to just be like, no, nah, I'm good. Well, he has a contract through 2026. Yeah. How much do they pay and him? A, de- a good amount. Oh, yeah. A, a very good amount. Yeah, so he's just walking away from a he, fairly good amount? Well, I mean, he's, he's, said he's 56. He's been doing That's it. my age. I'm just saying. Well, listen, if you're making 15 to Gone. 20 per year Gone. for nine years. Gone. He said he's going to take a year off and then reassess, but he'll never manage another club in England ever again. So he, it's not like so he's he, going to come back and he's take giving his So he's going to Barcelona. Yeah. Nah, no, I don't think he'll so. He'll probably take an international job. Yeah, less less work. But you know what's been a thorn in his side is his his club, Man City. Man City. They've been a pain in the ass with Pep for the last nine years. I'm lost. Um, so, yeah. He's, he's another, Pep's another coach. Yeah, okay. Man, City. Man City's another team. Yeah. I know that. Team. They won the trouble. They, they're the year. only reason Liverpool yeah. doesn't have, like, like Six, yeah, your the Premier League team. titles. Yeah. They've been the, the best team years. for the yeah, last Pep, few years. He and Pep wasn't there a like, time when Man City wasn't a very yeah, good team. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it was Man United forever. Yeah. Man United yeah. was like all uh, early twenty ten yeah. club, two yeah. thousands. That's when they were really yeah. good. Yeah, they're not. That's so where much they anymore. had everybody. Right? Didn't they, they have had all everyone? Of, all they of the won talent. everything. Yeah. The coach, the legendary coach. Yeah, they don't have Ferguson. Is it? Yeah, Sir Alex. Look at him. This would probably be. They don't have any of that anymore. Like remember when McVeigh was discussed was talking about leaving. We can team hop. Go to like a different yeah. team. This yeah, is not ba- bad. This is basically like, remember when McVeigh was saying he was going to leave? Yes. This is kind of like if McVeigh was like, I'm out. Yeah. And just really? left. But yeah. if McVeigh yeah. was 10 years older, too. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Like a team that's, that's time, constantly they're good. good. He's in, yes. Yeah, they're, yes. yeah, they have yeah. Can everything. Can I ask you a weird question? Sure. Is McVeigh one of those guys whose voice doesn't match his appearance? I can't think of McVeigh's voice off the top Are of you kidding head. me? It's I like, can, um... Yeah. Kind of high pitched and yeah. kind of very uh, broy. Yeah, yeah. Very Listen, bro-y. he's got yeah. a lot. Of, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail he's, the no, soccer no, conversation. No, 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 you said no. McVeigh, and the well, first just, thought came to my mind was he's a guy whose voice doesn't match his. Yeah. yeah, he's got. You know what though? He, he he's got a lot of the John Gruden cadence because he was under him for a long time. I think phrasing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, we'll, all right, Waddle. Excuse me. Can, <laughs> there was one. Can we briefly? We never did this officially. What? Do you guys mind what? if during crosstalk we make our picks for conference? Oh, go for it. Yeah, we well, can. I'll give you yeah. my picks. Yes, I, I think it's. I think it's the Ravens and Niners. 
Ravens and Niners. I just, I, I like, I think there's a, I think there's a, a, uh, a Mahomes tax on this line because I think the Ravens are the, you guys are the analytics guys, like the DVOA stuff. The Ravens are the best, best team of all time. Ever. Right. Yes. Heading into this right. game, yes. at this point in the season, no team has ever had a higher DVOA rating. Yeah. Heading into championship and weekend. And they, they average 28 points a game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so how can I, yeah. I mean, I love Mahomes. He's my favorite yeah. player. How could I pick the Chiefs? If you like the, the stats, the stats would suggest that the Ravens are going to win. I'm a stat head. I am um, with you. I think the Ravens and 49ers will be a uh, Super Bowl 58 showdown. So when we come back on Monday and it is uh, 49ers-Lions, uh, everybody... Oh it, it can't be 49ers-Lions. <laughs> or not 49ers-Lions. Uh, <laughs> Good joke, Abdallah. Yeah, Good yeah, yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lions-Chiefs is just, what I meant. Did Lions I spoil Chiefs. the joke? Okay. Lions-Chiefs. No. No. Well, we haven't given 49ers-Lions. What's your pick there? 49ers? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I said yeah, I said, I said Ravens, Ravens yeah. 49ers. I think that the Ravens Chiefs game is going to be going to be Yeah, a little bit. It's going to be a classic and no, the no. other one could be a clunker could be yeah. out of hand. I yeah. think San Francisco wins. I stat-wise the Ravens, I I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs. I'm listen, I, I know how yes. I am when yeah. I'm sitting there on Sunday. Yeah. I'm going to say my brain's going to be telling me Ravens all the way and I'm going to want to see Patrick Mahomes it's just win. Your Ravens or, I'm just uh, there's no well, agenda. I'm just telling Mahomes you how is my I favorite know player how I'm going to feel. Narrative. I'm going to want yeah. What's his win, narrative? What is it? Especially on the road. Chiefs narrative. There's no, there's Chiefs no narrative. Agenda. Listen, the agenda. Do you big, think big Chief Bluck over wait, there? Wait, wait. Here's the question. We know how prestige TV goes. Do you <laughs> prestige think, worldwide? Do you think the scriptwriters <laughs> would the scriptwriters go all season long with the Taylor Swift narrative? And then yeah. kill oh, her so off before the Super Bowl? Yes. Will yes. they do that? Because yeah, that's the would. move yeah. in Prestige TV. Yeah. Can we do that with Romo? I heard you guys talking yeah. about that. Uh, can we Can we uh, just put Taylor in the booth with Nance? That would way, be that, a better that broadcast. Artic- that article doesn't come out by, you know, it's not coincidence. Of course, because yeah. they, they've heard what we all yeah. saw yeah. and yes. what I've been saying from day one. You, no were, you were the first person to point it out. Yeah, you could have saved uh, CBS $180 million. Yes, you could have. Waddle, it could have been you and Nance. You should be in the booth with Nance. Yeah, okay. That would be a hell of yeah, a broadcast. Right. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm just saying, it'd be well, better than Roman. Said, you know what? I'm more likely to have my shirt off leaning out a, uh, a press box. There's no way this man's like Guzzling a beer. There's no way uh, we're letting the Waddle and Sylvie tandem ever be broken up for Nance and Waddle. He can do both. This is true. If Romo can call a game, Waddle can certainly right. just show up and exactly. call it. This is this my is point. Yeah. Romo's not doing the uh, homework. What do you guys have coming up tonight on Night I don't know. It's Friday. all calls welcome. Okay. Friday night calls. calls it's going to be good fun. All calls Friday. All calls yes. welcome on an all calls Friday. Of course. Indeed. Talk some football. <laughs> there you go. All right, Waddle. Thanks for <laughs> hey, having me, my thanks friends. Thanks for being here. I enjoyed the football conversation. Oh, it's so good. All right. It's Black and Abdallah. Continue the football conversation on an all calls welcome Friday. Thanks to Tyler Aki and Jake yeah. Cantu for producing. Go, and thanks to Little Doug Kazarian Jake for joining Jake. us as well. For Sylvie, I'm Jeff Miller. And for Waddle, talk to you later on ESPN 1000.